0: Hey there, triathlete. Welcome to the Triathlete Mindset Podcast, where we explore effective training mindsets, life's challenges, and provide you with real-life strategies to help you become a stronger triathlete. Here is your host, Coach Morgan, the people's coach.
1: Damn. All right, here we go. Mindset. Mindset. Mindset triathlete mindset is where we're going to talk about what we're going to do and who we're going to be and today we have somebody great right somebody awesome a a coach from way back that's still doing things to change the world today right and she's going to talk to us and we're we're going to talk about being stronger together there are a lot of things that we do within triathlon and you know triathlete mindset wants to be that tidbit or that nugget that gives you uh, that extra information to help you be better, stronger, faster, and uh, enjoy what you do. What's going on, Jen? How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, always, always. I know we had a great conversation last time and, you know, always talk to people up front and kind of like fill them out and let them pick the topic that we're going to talk about. You don't know you picking it, right? You didn't know you was picking it, but there's always that one thing that people really gravitate to when you have conversations with them. And it's easier to have a natural conversation about the stuff that they love than talk about something they don't live. Like, oh, well, let's talk about, you know, astronauts and you're being like, (laughs) well, I don't work with astronauts, (laughs) but tell us a little bit about yourself. What, Like you coach, you miss Awesome, and You've been doing this for a minute. So tell us about that.
0: Yep. I've been doing it for a couple of minutes. That's for sure. So yeah, I'm Jen Harrison. I am triathlon coach and triathlete. I still race. I have been coaching since 1999. So a long time I was in the business world and then got into triathlon coaching when I was pregnant with our twins while I was on bed rest. And I was like, no way. I'm not going to coach. I can't. I can't go from my corporate job to coaching and all this other <laughs> stuff. And and really worked for another coaching company and bought out my contract in 04 and started my own business. So yeah, I've been doing this for a long time and really, really enjoy it. It's a different challenge for me every day because I work with a variety of athletes. So I not only work with the beginners, but I like the in-betweeners and I like the high end ones. I like mm. para triathletes. I've worked with Melissa Stockwell when she went to the Olympics in Rio in 16 with my nice. friend, Elizabeth Waterstrat. So I've been doing that a lot. And I still race at a competitive age group level. And I enjoy that.
1: You didn't tell me you did all that. Like to see, okay, this is that part of a podcast where the guest comes on and they tell you that they work with people that you like, oh, I know the MIs. You didn't bring that up there in the, the the call. That's how badass you are.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I coached the University of Illinois, too, for all these years, too. And take them to the national you know, collegiate national championships and stuff. I do. Yeah, I do a lot.
1: But that's good <laughs> but my though. main business
0: is my main business is one-on-one triathlon coaching. That's where I love the group stuff. In fact, kind of leads us into community because one of the things that we were trying to do is build a bigger community right. on an online presence. As far as the social media side goes, Facebook, Instagram. So my really good friend, Elizabeth Waterstrat, who, you know, of course, and that's actually how you got connected to me. She has her own business, I have my own business. And we're in the Chicago suburbs. I'm north, she's south. And we just decided a few years ago to combine communities to be stronger together. Mm. And so our business entities are separate, the, you know, the accounting, the attorneys, every all that separate, but we brought our businesses together, and our coaching team together to offer a, a community. And you know what, the timing couldn't have been better because we really were able to dig deep and get into the community better during the pandemic. And we're still in the pandemic, but during the height of the pandemic last right. year. So that's really been one of the best things ever.
1: Yeah. And I want you guys to listen, like she just said, two coaches, separate people, did they came together, not to combine their companies, but to combine their communities. Right. That's the key. That's why she's all here. Like, I don't know of anyone, ever has done that and it's not like a traditional merger like we're gonna do all these things together now this is your responsibility this this is mine no we're gonna keep our own identities but we're gonna bring our people together because that's what it's all about like how did y'all come up with that idea
0: you know we're really good friends and we travel together and race together and I used to coach Elizabeth and she coached me for a while so you know we've kind of gone back and forth on coaching and athlete relationships and I coached her when she was not coaching and I knew that she'd be really good and hopefully nudged her a little bit to get out of corporate America and start coaching. But anyway, you know, we had such established businesses, especially mine, JHC, since it's been around for not quite 20 years, but almost,
1: almost yeah. and
0: you know, the thousands of people that I've helped over these years to race and Ironman and everything else, I just didn't want to lose that identity and I didn't need it. And neither did she, we didn't need each other from a financial and legal standpoint. We needed it to rise up our athletes, to bring together all of our athletes. So from a community standpoint, I run camps all spring in Tucson. We run Madison camps in the summer together. We have 1,500 people on our Facebook page. And that is an active page where we bring on experts to ask me anything. You know, we had Christy Wellington on, we've had various coaches on, registered dietitians, physical therapists. And so we've created this community and this powerhouse of a team that has a staff of, I think there's eight of us total coaches. And then we have a registered dietitian that's on staff and we have all the sponsors and we were just a bigger powerhouse with the sponsors. So now we go to the sponsors and we say, hey, listen, what can we do together? What can we do for you? Let's use Goo for an example. What can Mm -hmm. we do for you, Goo? And Goo, what can you do for us? You know, and here's the headcount that we have. And so when we came together as a community, there's no competition. It didn't matter. Elizabeth and I are good friends. And one of the reasons I almost didn't do it was because of my friendship with her. It's almost like a marriage. I did not want to get married and work with my husband. It just doesn't, in my world, that wouldn't work. I don't want to mix business and pleasure. So it was important to me that if we came together, my friendship was not going to be ruined by that. Elizabeth is a lot different of a personality than I am. So I'm not quite sure she was as concerned about that as that I was, but I am a super touchy feely, sentimental, emotional kind of a person. Yeah. Relationships are really important. Not saying they're not to her. Just saying you know, all you can I, worry
1: about is you. Yeah. That's all you can. Hear. Yeah. My relationship. So anyway,
0: so that was one of our hesitations, but it's worked out just fine. We don't agree on everything. And when we disagree, we agree to disagree and we just kind of go our own ways and we just don't talk about it ever again. There's never words exchanged. Because at the end of the day, there's not a lot of money mixing up. So if you keep the money out of it, really, what's there to argue about? I mean, no, no who cares?
1: And even you money. Know? Sometimes yeah. that ain't even, it ain't come down to it as money. And that's not worth, worth it But that keeps yeah. everything simple. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For sure. That's, I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> hey guys, I hope y'all learned as much as I have, because I have learned it so much more in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> which is so <laughs> phenomenal i've even thought about and, and this is just me throwing stuff out there general conversation you know there's no type of like like association for coaches like there's a lot of coaches doing every different thing but there's not a association where it's like oh let me bring value to you like i would see y'all as a two-person association right how right. can i help you how can you help me and let's make it better for the people that we're actually doing this for Instead of like worrying about ourselves, because I got you know, my mentor always told me, he said, when you take care of the people, everything else is going to work itself out.
0: Well, and that's true. And honestly, that's why, not to sound cheesy, but that's exactly why we did this. It's much more work for Elizabeth and I. I mean, Elizabeth and I don't need to combine businesses to make, I mean, it makes everybody happy, but there's so much more work involved. I mean, last year during this pandemic, like most people, we killed ourselves to keep athletes engaged and to keep Client retention and we did. We had less than 5% of a drop off in our entire business, if that. In fact, we grew last year. My numbers uh, were much. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly, (laughs) Morgan. So, you know, when you, and I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not saying that that's how it is for everybody, but we had that niche of that one on one business. We don't do a lot, we do group stuff, but we don't run a facility. And we actually, we were nominated last year for the outspoken triathlon awards for the pandemic community award. So we did so much for the community last year, just trying to get people in challenges and all this other stuff. So, you know, the 2020 word of the year is pivot. So we just pivoted and, and just did what we could.
1: Yeah. And I actually was on a board talking about pivoting. What did I do? And it's the exact same thing. It's like, the people that struggle, the business, and this is just, I could be totally wrong. I don't think I am, but I could be totally wrong. I think the businesses and coaches and even corporate America with the people that struggle are the people that have had no loyalty within their client base, their athletes, their their customers, right? And that takes some type of emotional giving on their part to create that loyalty. It's like, it's a leadership thing, you know, a Marine Corps. So it's totally loyalty comes yes. from in here, not, yes. not here, right? And so- that's the key. And I think that you doubling down on that, that's what you know. That's why I hit social media so hard because people needed to hear positive stuff, mm-hmm. period. That's, that's the only reason I did it. It's like everybody talking about the negative, you know, Black Lives Matter, the pandemic, I'm at home and no races and we can go on, people losing their jobs. And so they needed something else, right? And you guys, the whole point of this, the way I created it, y'all gave them what we need, what we want in triathlon. Y'all gave them a community. How did they respond to that?
0: Well, it, you know, the response has been great. And that's exactly what it's there for. If people want the community aspects, the group stuff, the, the large Facebook and Instagram interactions, if there's athletes there that want that, it was available to them. Then we have athletes that have no interest in that. Some of them are not even on Facebook. They don't care about social media. And that's great. And so then we were able to manage them separately as coach-athlete kind of relationship. Yeah, the feedback has been wonderful. We had group rides on Zwift. I do monthly Hill repeat workouts with my athletes. Now, remember, obviously, this is all, you know, COVID side, but yes.
1: So tell me why, like, at the the deepest root of your being, (laughs) I would say, why are your athletes, why are people important to you?
0: You know, coaching is all about relationships, period. So, unless the coach, just my opinion. Unless the coach really cares about that athlete, and I mean cares about his or her success, cares about the progress, and takes ownership in that process of coaching and mentoring and growing that athlete, the relationship is, doesn't last long, and it doesn't, is not maximized. So f- that's why I like it, because I'm passionate about relationships. I'm passionate about people. If I wasn't coaching, I would be doing something else to help people. Whether I was, you know, I'm passionate about serial killers and mind hunter and all that kind of stuff. So I'd be doing something probably similar to that to help people, the victims of serial killers. So yeah, I'm just really passionate about relationships with people. And that's what drives me. So me trying to figure out each athlete, mm-hmm. me trying to figure, I don't coach you, Morgan, but just using, use an example, me trying to figure out you, Morgan, and, and what makes you tick, what makes you not tick that's what drives me trying to figure athletes out.
1: Yeah. Has community always been a part of your life even before triathlon?
0: Oh yeah. With the kids and the school systems and, the, you know, the girl scout cookies and the yes, community has been a big part of it. It still is for me. I sponsor almost, I'm trying, probably all the local races. Uh, when I say local within, you know, 10 or 15 miles of my house, I sponsor them. I provide them all the swim caps or whatever. So the community, outpouring to me and and me racing all these races locally is really important to me
1: real yeah, man and, and to let everybody know what, what area you coaching in, like where like if they wanted to like have some personal one-on-one training with you whenever you start doing that, if you're not already
0: i'm in the yeah. northwest suburbs of chicago so i'm in kind of algonquin dundee area of illinois so i'm like 35 miles west of chicago Sounds like I'm really close, and in miles I'm close, but not in drive time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that traffic, man. That's that traffic. traffic.
0: COVID has made it a lot better, but in general, it can be kind of rough. But, yeah, that's what was the other thing that was really important about our community and the bigger umbrella of our community is that we coach people all over the United States and world. So we have Australian athletes and English, and so we just needed to try to find a place to bring everybody together.
1: Man. I mean, if anybody had the blueprint on how to do it right, it sounds like you guys already have it.
0: It's been fun, you know, and it's been – it is interesting because Ironman called me last week or a couple weeks ago and said, okay, we need to talk about this, this coaching and this community and this whole, you know, trying to get coaches, trying to educate coaches on how to do this and all that. You know, the, the most important thing to do is that the coaches need to work together. You know, I think that there's too much competition out there, meaning – the coaches are competitive with one another yes. when they trust me, first of all, if you're good, you're going to succeed. Number two, there's enough athletes for everybody out there. So coaches need to be open, be kind, be all encompassing, you know, women need to support women, men need to support women, women need to support men, you know, and we just create this larger entity of all encompassing everybody in this sport. And it's important yeah. to me.
1: Do you believe that we as coaches have a responsibility to the community itself?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do. I think we have a responsibility to uphold the highest levels of sportsmanship and professionalism and support in our own communities and be examples of in our own communities. I mean, that's what drove my business in the beginning. You know, when I was a, a new coach and think about that. 1999 and 2000, we people weren't making livings doing triathlon coaches. You know, I coach full time now. Sit at my desk all day. You know, with all the athletes and all the teams and all that, it's all I do all day long. So there's no like working for two hours and riding my bike for six hours. That's not how business can sustain itself if you want it to grow. And I think that that was one of the things that was just really important to me in the beginning. Is I wanted this to be a career. So how do you make it a career versus a part-time gig? And there's a lot of things that go into that, but
1: yes. Yeah, that is, man. And, and, and there, some people think it's easy, but it's all about us understanding what what our role is. Like, that's why I asked you that question. It's like, as coaches, like, you know, sometimes it, I, I believe that it, when if someone is out there Kind of fighting the system is like, oh, I'm better than you or my athletes, or you might take this. And I have come across those athletes. Like, I had a coach ask me, like, so why are you doing a clinic in my area and this and like that? I was like, you didn't ask me, but I didn't know I had to first. Two, like you said, if just like with anything, if you have the confidence of what you're doing, there's a coach for everyone. If I have an athlete and you are the best fit for them and they figure that out, I should be okay with that. Right? Because Absolutely. It's, it's for and I them. think
0: that that's exactly. And I think that's one of the things. I'm not the right fit for everybody. You're not the right fit for everybody. And and that's okay. And remember, at the end of the day, while it's personal, because we develop these personal relationships with these athletes, it is a business. And at the end of the day, we need to run it like a business. So you do everything you possibly can to retain these athletes and be honest with these athletes and fair to these athletes. But if they're not happy, then they need to move on and they need to go to somebody that would make them happy. And that's okay. You know, I've coached lots of people who leave for a year, try somebody else out. And they're like, yeah, that's not a good fit. And they come back, fine. Or they leave, they're with me for seven years. And then they leave with somebody else. And they're like, you know what? I actually really like this coach. It's a good change for me. Okay, awesome. Like there just needs to be never ever, when anybody ever leaves me, I always say, you know, thank you. Good luck to you. Always. Never, ever burn bridges. And also just say my door is always open. I would say 75 to 80% of my athletes come back to me after they leave. You know, and everybody needs a break, right? You know?
1: You got to so keep- From the coach or from the program
0: yeah. or, wh- you know, whatever it is. And I think you just can't let your ego get in the way. Put the ego aside. Like I had somebody who I coach who was – going professional. And I just didn't really feel like I was the best fit for that athlete anymore. I was about three or four years. I coached this athlete and and got this athlete to kind of like a transition phase. And then I'm like, yeah. So I referred her to a professional uh, athlete who coaches too. And I just thought it was a better fit. So you just have to be confident enough to realize that and, you know, refer people out if you need to.
1: The community are the people. And if we ain't taking care of them, there is no community. Right. And So what could athletes do to get back to the community? Like, what could they do? Or what is their role? What do you think the athlete's role is? We talked about the coach's role, but what is the athlete's role when it comes to building community?
0: I think what's really important is that the athletes try really hard to support their local race directors. The race directors, I can't tell you how hard they work. You know, I sit with them. I sponsor a lot of races, so a lot of them are my friends, and the coordination, I was just talking to the Lake Zurich Triathlon, because we're the title sponsor this year. I mean, these guys and girls work their tails off. And if our local athletes could give back to their community and race locally, instead of always doing there's nothing wrong with the Ironman races, there's nothing wrong with the big races to those, but also make sure you sprinkle in some community local races. And if you don't want to race them volunteer, because we really, really desperately always need volunteers
1: every moment because even when you think you got enough you don't have you know having too many volunteers is always a problem but I don't think it's ever a problem when it comes exactly. down to it um, Exactly. that's the key man I think that's man I learned so much about you during this and then that is very 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 eye-opening for me to knowing you know how involved in the community you are and you know it, it kind of like solidifies so like again what we're talking about today I didn't know that you were doing, you know, the, the sponsorships and, and you saying, you know, give back to the local race director. It's not about like, oh, here, like, go give me your money. It's like, if you want the sport of triathlon to have longevity, then you have to continue to invest into it.
0: Exactly. And especially after COVID mm-hmm. year, because there are some of these companies of like, when I talked to Tony yesterday, who runs like Zurich here, which is a 1200 person race and it's a big one for us out here. And it's an Olympic distance or a sprint. He owns a timing company too. And he said pre-COVID they, did, they timed 130 events. And now he's based not only in Illinois, but he's based in Florida, which is wide open. So he's able to run all the races in Florida, can't do too much in Illinois. So when he told me the numbers, he had 180 races he was timing for before COVID. Now he's only currently timing for 50. So if, if, you, if everybody listening could take a minute and just register for one local race, I promise you it will help all these local race directors because they're struggling. And not only are they struggling financially, because we're not racing, obviously, it's not our fault that we're not racing. But they're exhausted because they're trying to manage the local municipalities and all the rules. So you get a permit for a race. And then it gets pulled because the governor of that state changes the rules and it can be pulled pretty quickly. Well, then you have all that money in that race and the governor pulls the permit. So there's a lot of stuff going on to try to get these races to go not to have a PSA, but my PSA of the day is race. (laughs) Ain't
1: nothing wrong with that. As we close it out, you know, I have a question for you and I, and I want to know, like when it comes to bringing everybody together, what makes you the most happy?
0: I'm a super type A extrovert. So with that being said, what makes me happy is just people together. So that the hardest thing for me for 2020 professionally was not seeing people, not tugging people, not uh, having group runs. We couldn't do anything in Chicago. I mean, it's really strict up here. So not doing group runs, not doing all that. That made me sad. So what makes me really happy is seeing everybody together and everybody working together and cheering people on and, you know, the camaraderie of a community and team is what makes me happy.
1: That's what I'm talking about. That's what makes me happy too. It's all about the, it's about the community or it ain't about nothing because we can't be anything without everybody. Right. And so I want yep. to thank you, Jen, for, for coming and dropping that knowledge on us. You heard her. Right. Get off this podcast, get off the video, whatever you're doing right now. Look at your local races. Just sign up for one. If it's a 5k, it don't really matter what it is.
0: Exactly. It doesn't
1: matter what it is because those races can be used as training to where to, to mingle, get to know each other, how to build community. You can't complain about you paying for all these big expensive ones if you let the local ones just go away. Right. They these absolutely are, these are the ones you probably saw anyway. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. So
1: yep. Jim, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, talking, guys. That's Triathlete Mindset, right? This is real deal, real information from real people. An amazing coach, Jen, right? She just gave us a whole lot of knowledge that I'm actually going to ask some questions when we get off this podcast <laughs> just to get some more information because I learned some things today, and this is what it's all about. If if we can't give back to each other, then why even do it? And I think most of us, probably 90% of us, saw the camaraderie within the sport. That's why we wanted to join. So, Every two weeks, you know, triathlete mindset is always out there, posting, talking to age groupers like you, coaches, athletes, whatever it may be. If you want to be a guest, go ahead and just, just hit me up, man. You know, Jen, matter of fact, before we get off, if they want to look for you, how can they look you up?
0: We have a website. It's www.m, M in Matt, M S M J H C And I am on Instagram at J H C triathlon. And I'm on Facebook too. it. Jenny Parker Harrison. So yeah, look me up.
1: There you go. If you need a coach, you need somebody awesome. It does not like every athlete ain't for everyone. So if you're looking for somebody out there, uh, Hey, hit us up. We all got to stick together. And if you're a coach and you just need some mentoring or some direction questions are free. All right. That's how we connect. That's how we create community. So, Hey guys, no matter what, remember you are enough. You just got to believe it. Have a great day until next time.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening. Find Coach Morgan on social media and at www.morganlattimore.com. Check back every two weeks for new and insightful episodes. Until next time, remember, you are enough. You just have to believe it.